The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration, our weekly podcast from Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and I'm Wayne Shepherd. We're going to hear from a doctor today. Yeah, it's been a little while since we've spoken to one of our physicians in the oncology field, and boy, do we have a good one today. Thoughtful, <laughs> I've, I've listened to the conversation to yeah, come. It's a good one. It is, and, and he's going to give us some great things to think about in terms of what motivates, inspires, and keeps him grounded as a physician. If you are listening for the first time, we, we often talk with uh, people who are on a cancer journey right now receiving treatment. We talk with nurses. We talk with doctors. We talk with caregivers. Mm-hmm. We talk with those who are assisting caregivers. We, we really try to you know leave no stone unturned. Here. Yeah, well, as they say, uh, from soup to nuts, we want to cover this <laughs> this conversation, and we want to have a full conversation from all individuals who have something to say about the cancer. What are you looking at me for when you say nuts? <laughs> uh, all right, let's 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 keep moving here. We have a resource we want to put in your hands today. It's called Spiritual Needs of Cancer Patients. You want to say a word about this, Percy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Spiritual Needs of Cancer Patients. Again, uh, this document is is derived around the idea of. Uh, being sensitive to the fact that you may have individuals that you know who have been diagnosed with cancer who may not have necessarily expressed their sense of spirituality, and you're not really sure where they fall at on the spiritual plane. Uh, But cancer can provoke a lot of spiritual thoughts and therefore needs that have been previously unexpressed. And so we need to be mindful, sensitive, and prepared. So this document helps to give you some tips and some pointers of the spiritual needs of cancer patients and how to potentially address them. Well, the good news is it's free. free. And the other good news is it's available this very moment by going to healthhopeandinspiration.com and downloading Spiritual Needs of Cancer Patients. We encourage you to take it, use it, share it, uh, put it to good use. That's what it's there for. Absolutely. It's available to you right now. Healthhopeandinspiration.com. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. So visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and when you do, click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712, and then remember HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, our inspiration comes from God's Word, the Bible, and you've got it open right now. Absolutely. So with that, 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, verse 23 and 24 tells us, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful 
and he will do it. That sets the theme for us today here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. You know, when you tune in the news and the anchor is gone, uh, he or she is said to be on assignment. Mm. And we sent you on assignment to Tulsa, Oklahoma recently to sit down with a doctor who's serving there. And uh, that's the conversation we're going to bring to our listeners right now. With me today is uh, Dr. Kevin Tulipana, who is the medical director uh, and medical vice chief of staff at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it's just absolutely my privilege to have you with me today, sir. Pleasure's all mine. Thanks. Well, I know you're busy. I know you have a lot of patients to see. And so thank you for taking time out of your schedule. I always love talking to physicians, and we've interviewed many physicians at Cancer Treatment Centers of America for the show. And I always love hearing from physicians, particularly those who embrace some aspect of faith and orientation and how they balance that with the role of medicine and science, as you probably are aware of. Historically, there has been somewhat of uh, some tension, a little bit of angst between the two disciplines of medicine and science and spirituality and religion, historically. But what I'm encouraged by, Doc, is that over the years, and I've been doing this a long time, 23 years I've been in the, the, the ministry of healthcare is I have seen a tremendous shift with uh, physicians and people practicing medicine around the ideas of understanding how the how the both dis- how both disciplines can can balance with each yeah. other and can intermingle yeah. and and be used in a respectful way that is not negating one for the other. Let's talk about first and foremost uh, what motivated you to 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 pursue medicine and the practice thereof. Yeah. You know, medicine in general is a long journey. Like most of us, you know, we, we have an interest in science and then kind of move through life thinking, oh, I think I want to be a doctor and, and maybe help people. Because, you know, most of most people have an altruistic sense about what they want to do. Yeah. And, you know, as a kid, I always felt felt compelled to do so. And, and at the same time, there's um, an inspiration or a desire to, to want to serve people. And what better way to serve people than through help with healing, yeah. you know, and there are a couple of different ways you can heal, right? There's, there's the, the scientific aspect. And then what we're talking about here as well, the spiritual aspect yep. of healing. And so there really is a marriage of the two, uh, through, through medicine. So you're, you're motivated, you're, you want to help people and yeah. you see, you know, you have an interest in science, obviously, uh, you pursue that path, uh, you start practicing medicine. And I think it's important to note that you've been in the field of medicine now 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. And you've worked uh, specifically at Cancer Treatment Centers of America at Tulsa for four years. Sure. So you're working with, why oncology? You know, that, that was kind of a, an interesting move. Um, when I finished residency, I had a traditional medical practice. Mm. So did clinic work, did hospital work, did administrative work, and did that for seven years. Okay. And, and in that seven years, as a young man, I, I quickly realized that, wow, there's a lot to take care of here. Yeah. Um, I was having a growing family as well. My wife, Kara, and I have been married now for 23 years. Okay. We have eight children. Yeah, wow. And our, and our family was growing at that point. And, and I was quickly, I hate to say it, but I was burning out on doing that. Mm. So many people that come to you as a physician are searching for something, yeah. right? And um, I realized that, that you know, I want to help help people as much as possible. In the clinic, you don't have that time. So I moved into doing hospital medicine. Okay. Um, where I felt like, you know, this is where people are really sick. And I did that in a general hospital here in Tulsa. And um, that, too, was very, very time-consuming and busy. But then I found out about this opportunity here at CTCA. Yeah. 
and uh, came over at first and was was a bit nervous about taking care of patients mm. just with cancer yeah. because you know they're often the, the ones that are struggling the most. Sure, um, but was wow, I was drawn here, and um, I think it was more than just being drawn here by the by the idea of taking care of people in their greatest need mm-hmm. when they have cancer, but the environment that's here as well. So. So you're working with oncology patients uh, after years of private practice and then working in a general hospital, et cetera. So it sounds like a pretty typical path with yeah. a lot of the docs that I've spoken to. Uh, let's talk about if, you, if you're comfortable with your faith yeah. orientation and background. Sure. Let's sure. talk a little bit about that. That's another interesting step. Um, sure. One of the reasons that I ended up in Tulsa was that um, I was uh, feeling, if you will, called to a deeper ministry. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm Roman Catholic. Okay. And I uh, was was actually going to mass every single day sure. because I felt I felt like there was more than just, of course, medicine. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, we're all called to go to church sure. every Sunday, and that was great. Sure. But I felt called to go every day. And as I did that, I felt an even deeper call to serve people in the church, and and um, started pursuing um, active ministry within the church. Okay. And, uh, formation to become a deacon. Yeah. In, the, in the Catholic tradition, um, to be a deacon takes almost as much training as to be a priest. Okay. So it's a, it was a six-year theology uh, training program, yeah. journey. When I um, inquired into that when we were in Missouri, I was given an opportunity to do my training in Tulsa or to do it in Illinois. And um, I opted to do it in Tulsa. Okay. And it was a weekend thing. So I'd come here, spend the weekends, and kind of fell in love with the area. Uh, my wife's from from this area as okay. well, but so I was uh, actually ordained as a as a permanent deacon of the wow. Catholic Church five almost five years ago. Well, four and a half years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. And um, and that's added an increasing dimension. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, it's 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 a beautiful thing because you you serve people of all faith backgrounds, yeah. of course, absolutely. And and it's just through that theology, the theological formation, because I had none of that before. I tell people all the time, you know, when it comes to <laughs> Bible history, theology, all of that, I am still a neophyte okay. and I know very little, Got it. but I know there's an importance in understanding and, and, and uh, having some sort of faith background and tradition. And so it's um, that experience of the, the theological formation, the diaconate formation, serving the church, but then taking that and, and serving everyone who walks into these doors. Right, right, right is uh, even greater, you know, and I don't, I don't go around telling people that, Hey, I'm a deacon or anything like that. I don't even bring it up. Well, what's Um, interesting, what's interesting about this doc, and I can say this uh, again, I've interviewed many of our physicians at CTCA and surprisingly, there are quite a few who not only have a, a, a very pronounced and defined and intrinsic faith orientation that they practice but many of them also are part of their their theological infrastructure yeah. of their local theological uh, schools of thought. Deacons, yeah. uh, some are associate ministers and pastors of churches. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I'm biased, so I'll I'll put this out here. You know, that's that's my calling and my training. I came to Tulsa to be trained to be a pastor, and I lived here for six and a half years, yeah. and uh, and that's how I was introduced to this organization. So. Uh, you know, I come from a pastor's background and family and orientation, uh, but I find it astounding and amazing to hear the, the amalgamation of quite a few physicians of, of the practice of medicine, but also 
the practice of ministry as well. Mm -hmm. And many of them have stated that they feel that their practice of medicine is a type of ministry oh, it, for them. It most definitely is, yeah. And, and it's let's talk about it. What better place to serve than than in a cancer environment as well? I mean, folks, you know, it, it's anyone can anyone can learn the science. I hate to say that, but anyone can learn the basic biology. <laughs> um, you can look at problems from a perspective of of science all day long and solve a problem. But if um, to, to serve the person, someone who is struggling with a new diagnosis of a cancer or uh, a worsening prognosis in a cancer, sure. uh, to, to serve and help that person takes more than to just say, well, you know what, we can try this next line of chemotherapy. Okay. It's to, to really sit there and, and listen and kind of experience what they're going through. Yeah. And I think yeah. that that's really where, where a lot of physicians and other practitioners, non-physicians who want to spend the time and actually, um, not just actually, shouldn't say it that way, but, but want to really truly serve and be with the patient, mm -hmm. they, they recognize that there's more than just the science of it. Got it. Uh, it goes beyond that. There's faith and medicine. Yeah. Now we have medicine and science, yeah. but there's faith and medicine and, and it all goes together. And, and so that we can be clear because I always want to be fair and balanced. What we're not saying is that, you know, the practice of science is some simple thing that you just kind of no, casually no, no, throw no, no, out no. there. No, but, but, and again, because we, we, sh I shout out physicians. I love physicians. Some of my closest relationships that I've had over the last 23 years are with the doctors that I've grown to love what they do and who they are and vice versa. But what I'm really hearing you say that, that when we really want to talk about digging as deep as we possibly can and supporting and undergirding and helping the human soul of an yeah. individual, uh, there are some other things that are are necessary to do that. And that's where the spiritual component that's comes right. into that's, play. That's exactly right. I'm not saying that, you know, any, any, any and not that you, no, get, no, no exactly. I mean, it's a difficult field. Medicine is not absolutely. You know, simple. It's, it's hard to get into. It's hard to study. Absolutely. It's hard. There's a, there's you a lot be a of smart guy. To, yeah, absolutely. But, but I'll tell you that most people who are, who are physicians find the science aspect of it relatively simple. Okay. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's interesting. You get to it and it's, you yeah. know, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of dedication and time, but that problem solving, Got you know, it. is something that most of the time comes natural. Okay. To those that doesn't, they're all, they're almost always weeded out. But, you, but one of the reasons and one of the observations you made as far as a lot of physicians getting, you know, into their to their faith, if you will, and being, you know, part of their theological yeah. formation of their, their background yeah. is that they recognize that there's more than just that. Right, right, right. And, you know, it's interesting when you look at studies and things have shown that people who have that faith background do better clinically. It's, it is interesting. One of the more notable researchers in this arena is actually Dr. Harold Koenig. Uh, from Duke University, and some of his research has strongly suggested that people of faith actually cope better, to your point. In fact, uh, just allow me for a second to read some excerpts from two published reports uh, by the National Center of Biotechnology Information. The first report dated November 1st, 2015, and it's entitled Religion, Spirituality, and Physical Health in Cancer Patients, a meta-analysis stated this, that the results of that meta-analysis suggest that greater uh, religious and spiritual spirituality is associated with better patient reported physical health. These results underscore the importance of understanding and attending to patients' religious and spiritual needs as part of a comprehensive cancer care. 
uh, approach. The second report dated 2016 entitled Influence of Religious Beliefs on the Health of Cancer Patients stated that the top five effects, the top five effects were as follows. Uh, A, religion provides individuals with mental support and strength. B, religion enables uh, individuals to gain confidence in their health recovery. C, religion motivates individuals to cope with disease-related stress positively and optimistically. D, religion helps individuals reduce anxiety and E gives people courage to face uncertainties regarding disease progression. Yes. You know, they have yeah. a different coping mechanism when they're told that they have cancer and how they process yeah. cancer and mentally and emotionally, how they filter through all of the challenges of that good, with good medical care. But there's a psychological and emotional dynamic that because of being a person of faith, they begin to just react different. They mm-hmm. re, they walk the journey different. Mm-hmm. They respond in many cases different. So to your point, there is research that helps us to get, to get a sense of what the potential value of being a person of faith can yeah. do yeah. for those who are told that they have sickness and disease and in some cases facing what many consider to be terminal mm-hmm. uh, diseases. I would have to imagine from a practice of medicine that same school of thought then kicks in from being a practitioner of being able to apply that to yourself personally and when appropriate to a patient who's open and receptive to that. Right. I I totally agree with you. And, you know, from a personal perspective, it's one of the ways that, that I personally, you know, cope with when I come into work, you know, Reflecting on the day coming ahead, praying and asking for, you know, the necessary well, it the grace to, to, to work through the day. Well, it speaks to the previous point. We've talked about it on the show before, Doc, that, again, it's not a widely discussed conversation, but physicians and, and clinical uh, folks in the field experience mental and emotional burnout oh, to yeah. a certain extent. Yeah. I would have to imagine, and I'd love to hear your vantage point of how helpful is it to have your your spiritual dynamic that helps you work through the the rigors and dare I say even to a certain extent the pressure yeah. of being a clinician who with individuals who are literally fighting for yeah. their life every day. Yeah, That's gotta right. be an element of pressure that you deal with there. There is, and I think that that, that faith background, that 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 reflectiveness really yeah. does help with the coping. It helps you prepare. It helps you, and it helps you to, to develop relationships with your well, patients. Yeah, well, yeah, because there's a definitely yeah. a different, I think, interaction and engagement with people who have a, a faith orientation oh, yeah. as yeah. well. There is. So that being said, um, do you have a particular event? scenario? I know you have dozens of engagements. Is there one particular interaction that may stand out in your mind where – all of that came into play for you, for the patient, where you walked away and said, wow, that was, that was a big-time God day. That was, that, that, that was beyond what I could do or say within my own being, uh, the reaction, the response of what took place clinically with the patient, that you just went home and said, wow, God, that was you today. That was all you. And I'm, not that it isn't God all of the other times, but more pronounced maybe than others. Yeah. You know, that the most moving Hot times may not be those that, that most people would expect. Yeah. Everyone looks for those times when everything goes right, yep. and then they say, "Oh, that was that was God. You know, he did it." <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yeah, yeah, he did because he's he's involved in everything. He is. But I have found the most moving and, and and times that take me back the most is when when patients when people um, are faced with something just that, that would overwhelm most of us. Yes. And, and they have say a little bit of time left, and yet. 
uh, people with the deepest faith tend to be the most at ease with that. And when, when I unfortunately have to give someone news that, that most people would look at as terrible news and you kind of see an overwhelming calmness come across some folks and they just look at me at times and say, you know, it's going to be okay because everything's in his hands. And, And those are the moments that, that you know that that only happens because they have faith and they have trust in God. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you wouldn't look at that situation Correct. that way, right? right. You know, right. if you're grasping to this life, this now, right. you're not going to look at that finality as, as something greater than what you have now. So, yeah, and it happens, it happens a lot. You know, I, I, I reflect upon one time had a, um, um, someone who was diagnosed with a, with a, a metastatic bone cancer. Yeah. And, and he looked looked at me and looked at my family and he said, you know, most people would really struggle with that, but I'm thinking God right now because, you know, I know how I'm going to die. And he said, it gives me time and pause now to talk with my family, to be with my people, to, to, to interact and to thank him for everything that I've received. And, and so those are the moments that I think are are very powerful because we all, we all want to think about now and, and we have to think about later as well well what's interesting with that doc and in the closing seconds that we have what i can certainly say and and echo with absolute confidence is the fact that i cannot tell you as a bedside minister and pastor in a oncology environment day in and day out for 18 plus years uh, that i have had so many patients say to me that cancer was a gift to them yeah and I know to the average person that's on the outside of that paradigm, they, your brain has no ability to wrap itself around that school of thought. Right. But the other element of that is the fact that there is certainly something to be said about being able to die with the dignity and the grace yeah. and the peace of knowing, as you stated, that this life is not the finality of all things, that there is a transitional component of talking about eternal life for those of us who embrace that school of thought that really does uh, help couch uh, the mental and emotional dynamic of if and when someone with cancer has to face that conversation. And let's be clear, Doc, even though you're you're very humble, uh, I'm sure you probably have as many, if not more, stories of patients who have done extremely well and moved oh, through their process yes. because of their faith. Yeah. But Without the aspect doubt. of being able to see that and be wit- and witness that is a very powerful thing because I've done it. Yeah. In the closing moments of a person's life to die with the dignity and grace of knowing that yeah. they have the peace of God with right. them. Right. That being said, um, the last thing, what is it that gives you hope? What gives Dr. Kevin hope? Yeah, there's so many. Not claims. a textbook yeah, answer, not what you got at Re- Reformation <laughs> class. No, and, no, no. Yeah, no. all that. What gives you hope, Doc? You got eight kids, you have yeah, a growing family, you're a, you know, you're a dashing, young, good looking guy, you're a physician. <laughs> Thanks for calling me young. Yeah. <laughs> what gives you hope, Doc? You know, there are so many things that give me hope. But, I, you know, just reflecting upon what I just said a little bit ago about those experiences with family, just the, the fact and knowledge that, that you know, this 
beautiful world that God gave us, the beautiful people that are around us all the time, the the variances, every, everyone. I mean, the, the people walking through this door yeah. that are that are suffering, that are struggling. Some are not suffering and struggling, yeah. but they have cancer, and yeah. they just embrace the gift and have smiles on their faces. Yeah. And that gives me hope that mm. that people have the perseverance and the strength to to. To, to jump anything, to go over everything. You know, this world right now is, everyone says, oh, the world's in a terrible shape. Everything's going wrong. And there are a lot of things going wrong, but it's happened before. Yeah. And when you see people's smiles on their faces and they're looking up and they're, they're really trying to, to, to move forward when they're faced with the most adversity in their life, that gives me hope. Wow. You know, so, but you're right. You know, my wife and kids, they give me a tremendous yeah. amount of hope. Well, well, shout out to the family. <laughs> yeah. You've listened today and heard from Dr. Kevin Tulapana, who is the medical director and vice chief of staff of medicine at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I thank you for your ministry of medicine and I thank you for your ministry of faith and how you uh, so eloquently and gracefully merge those two together to hopefully help and benefit so many people that are coming across your path. We pray for your strength and your stamina as you continue to go forward today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Thanks. Recorded earlier in Tulsa, Percy McRae with Dr. Tulipana. My question, Percy, how in the world did you get a busy doctor to sit down and talk for that length of time and so thoughtfully? Well, you know, at the end of the day, many of our doctors uh, have a strong faith orientation. And so when we uh, ask and invite them to be willing to kind of share what they do Mm -hmm. within the context of their practice of medicine and talk about spirituality and faith, they simply create time. They are willing and ready and are eager to actually share that aspect of who they are. So uh, I think it's just the the ministry of what we do that gives them opportunity to talk about some things. Well, to me, more than anything, that shows his heart, too. It does. Invest that time in uh, helping our listeners understand. That's because he walked through the door with his phone in his hand, and, <laughs> and he was telling everybody, "Hold my calls, and I'm gonna do this." And so, absolutely. So we we Good. love our doctors, and we thank them for giving us time. Good. Well, if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. You can visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have. You can do that by calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. It was inspiring to hear this doctor share from his heart. I love speaking with doctors. I love I love the intelligence of doctors, obviously, but I love the ability to sit down and get inside of the head of a, of a physician, particularly when they begin to unpack how spirituality and faith amalgamates well and correctly in balance with medical care and how it motivates and inspires and strengthens them in their practice of medicine. And in this particular case, uh, this particular doctor talked about how being a deacon in his Catholic church uh, actually has added an element to his mm-hmm. practice of mm-hmm. medicine. Yeah. So, you know, that's encouraging oh, yeah. and it's inspiring. <laughs> Although I will take exception with one thing the doctor said today, because I was never very good at science. <laughs> so it's a good thing I'm not a doctor, I guess. He said it was easy. You know, I think that's true for any practitioner who has a certain talent and acumen that they think that what they do 
do is easy because it's easy to them, but not necessarily <laughs> to others. Yeah. I, I say that to people all the time about preaching and teaching. That comes easy to me, but to the average person, it's not so much. So, <laughs> yeah. So from his perspective where he sits, oh, that's a very easy thing. Yeah, I guess God knew what he was doing when he put me behind a microphone. But we want to be clear. <laughs> the practice of medicine and the study of medicine is hard and it is tedious. Yep. And that is a gift and a calling. Well, again, and I've said this before, but think about the investment of their life that these these men and women have made in years. I mean, years of training and expense. A lot of time, a lot of resources in in honing their skill and their craft in being able to be competent. We just salute. I today we salute our physicians for their their dedication and their commitment to this craft. Any other thoughts following up that conversation you had? Well, yeah. One of the other things that I thought was interesting uh, in this conversation is that uh, Dr. Tulipana also made the comment that his practice of medicine is also an extension of his ministry. And again, to be able to merge those two schools of thought together, uh, again, helps us to understand that there, we're really not as, uh, there's there really isn't a, a distance between the dynamic of medicine and science and spirituality and religion, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as some people have attempted to make it be. But there is a, a marriage and a benefit to having those two working together and amalgamated together in a way that is of value and benefit, certainly, to the community of health and to patients in particular. So I was grateful uh, to hear him, how he merged those two schools of thought in his own personal life. Dr. Kevin, thank you for investing your life with us today here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, according to the American Cancer Society, nearly one out of three people in the U.S. will have cancer during their lifetimes. And caring for people living with cancer is a growing need in every church today, and that's why Percy and those who have worked with him have created the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network to help equip and empower every church in the country to better meet this great need. Now, if you're a pastor or a leader in your church or congregation, we invite you to join our growing family of ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. It's free. You can sign up. You'll receive access to exclusive online leaders resources. There's information about ministry training opportunities, a monthly informative newsletter that comes via email. It's all available when you sign up as a pastor or church leader at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and sign up for the Ministry Leaders Network. I know you've invested countless hours in this. Percy, and you want to see it go. Absolutely. As we continue to encourage the faith community to become engaged in the conversation of health and wellness and specific to cancer, by starting uh, Cancer Care Ministries, uh, by uh, receiving resources, we have created a resource and we want to create a relationship that will nurture uh, our faith leaders to be competent in the conversation of health and wellness and provide that service to the members of their congregation. It's such a good thing. The Ministry Leaders Network. Go to healthhopeandinspiration.com and while you're there, also download the free resource, Spiritual Needs of Cancer Patients. I always like to come back to the verse of Scripture or verses of Scripture that we open with. So will you do that for us now? Yes, sir. As we close for today with this conversation, 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, verse 23 and 24 says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. We heard that today with this doctor. He was called to be a physician. He was called to be a deacon. And he has been faithful to this doctor. And this doctor in return has been faithful to do the will and purpose of God in his life. 
Thanks to Dr. Kevin Tulipana today for being our guest, and thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Percy, I want to thank you for your time and bringing this to us. Bless you, my friend. Talk to you next time. All right, on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with past pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.